0: Welcome to the Widow I Go From Here podcast, where my guests and I highlight the goodness of God in seasons we were not prepared for. I am your host, Daisha Carter, and the podcast is not just for widows, but for anyone navigating the unwelcome disruptions of life. You are about to enter the room of real life in genuine faith. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's listen and enjoy. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Widow I Go From Here podcast. I am your host, Aisha Carter, and my mission is to inspire widows to embrace the kingdom way of navigating love and loss. And today's episode is about how grief is spiritual. And you know, the more that I walk with widows, the more that I walk with grievers in general, I am seeing more and more how grief, yes, it is emotional, but grief is deeply spiritual. And Satan uses grief as a tool to destroy our relationship with God. And so before I even get into like the topic, if you will, I just had a situation (laughs) that happened. Life is always happening, right? And so if you don't know, I have three boys and we have gotten really close since my husband died. And so my 21 year old recently started dating a beautiful woman of God and her mother was having a birthday party. And so she invited us to her party. We had a great time, but before we left, we were like, let's take some pictures. And so as we were getting ready, like literally in picture position, (laughs) the two moms were in the middle. So I was in the middle. My son's girlfriend's mother was in the middle and our kids were on the, the side of us. And so the girlfriend was standing to the right of her mom and my boys were standing to the left of me. And so before the person snapped the picture, the photo, My son left my side and went over to his girlfriend's side to stand next to her. And I felt that. In that moment, I felt loss. It hit me like a ton of bricks that there is someone else in this life who is important to my son and not just his family, right? There is someone else that he's going to desire to spend time with, share his life with, that one day he is going to be completely building his own life. And I was just like, wow, that moment brought me to reality that this is happening. Whether I like it or not, It is happening and I tell you that short story because loss is just not about physical death. In grief recovery, we are taught that grief is brought on by loss or change of any kind, right? And so for me right now, my family dynamic is changing. When my husband died, our family dynamic changed. Like not only did he die, but the change of the world that we knew caused a level of grief and sadness and sorrow as well. But now that my middle son has grown, moved out, dating, again, my family dynamic is changing. And I have to grieve that loss, right? And so as I am walking it out as well in my own life, but I'm seeing the need to be aware that grief is also spiritual and deal with the spiritual ramifications of my pain, right? Because the thief, the Bible says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Like the enemy wants me to think that I'm losing my son instead of gaining someone who will hopefully help my son fight spiritually. Right? The enemy wants me to think that another woman is going to take my place instead of celebrating the fact that my son will hopefully have someone in his life that can show him the love of God. In a, in a romantic way, right? That's what I had. That's Why wouldn't I want that for him? And when we open our eyes to the spiritual aspect of grief, which I personally believe they go hand in hand, and, and I'm starting to believe that more and more, um, that the emotional and the spiritual aspects of grief go hand in hand. But when we open our eyes to the spiritual aspect of loss, we can then begin to align our hearts and our minds with the kingdom way, embracing the King's way of navigating grief and loss. And so before we kind of dive into the topic, I also want to just break down uh, what is the kingdom of God and what does it mean to embrace the kingdom way? And so first, The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God in heaven on earth and within you. I'll say that one more time. The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God in heaven on earth and within you. So Luke 17, 21, this is the easy Bible translation. It says, nobody will say, look, everyone, God is ruling over here or look, God is ruling over there. No, no. It is not like that. God is already ruling in the lives of his people. And so the kingdom of God is wherever God is reigning and ruling. Okay. And so what does it mean to embrace the kingdom way? And in the simplest term, it means to seek and embrace God's way of doing things. And, and really that that is the gist of it. it is just I can seek God's way when I see it, I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to implement God's way of doing things, God's way of thinking about things. And so that's what it means to embrace the kingdom way. And so and, and we are at an advantage because Jesus Christ is the exact representation of the father. We don't have to guess, we can look at Jesus, look at the way he lived his life and study how he responded to his grief and his losses in order to find our way in this season. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is king, the Bible is the standard, and the children of God are its citizens. I'll say that one more time. In the kingdom of God, Jesus is king, The Bible is the standard and the children of God are its citizens. Now I want you to look at the kingdom in the context of a broken heart. Okay. So I just made this up. So, okay. Don't take this to the mat with me, but in the context of a broken heart, Jesus is a friend. The Bible through the Holy spirit is our comfort, our guide and our healing. And the citizens are those of us who have chosen to bring the broken pieces to our Lord for healing. I'll say that one more time. In the context of a broken heart and the kingdom of God, Jesus is a friend. The Bible through the Holy Spirit is our comfort, our guide and our healing. And the citizens are those of us who have chosen to bring the broken pieces to our Lord for healing. And even in our pain, if we're gonna make it through this season, we have to resolve to seek the kingdom of God and embrace the kingdom way. Because believe it or not, Satan uses grief to destroy our lives and ultimately destroy our relationship with God. And he does that because we place the blame on God. Right, for many of us that's one the other thing is we look at death as the final as the finale as there is nothing else beyond death and so here's a scripture that i want to kind of focus on a bit it's first thessalonians 4 13 through 14 and i'm reading from the uh, message translation and it just says And regarding the question friends that has come up about what happens to those already dead and buried, we don't want you in the dark any longer. First off, you must not carry on over them like people who have nothing to look forward to as if the grave were the last word. Since Jesus died and broke loose from the grave, God will most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. And I love this translation, particularly because Paul is pointing out how Christians can respond to death the same way as the world does, right? And so he said, people in the world have nothing to look forward to. This life is it for them, but for those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we have everything to look forward to and thank God that this life is not it for us but the truth the fact of the matter is that many of us approach death as if the grave has the last word and so when we look at death in that way as if death is final as if death has had the victory we fall into a satanical trap. Satan tries to deceive us into thinking that the grave has the last word. And I'm not talking about mourning, right? It's not the fact that we mourn. We will mourn, right? Loss hurts and it hurts deeply. For some of us, I'm definitely the first one in line. It takes us out of the game right? Hopefully temporarily, but it does. Grief will take us out the game. I'm more so talking about the way that we mourn. The way that we mourn exposes what we truly believe, right? It's the way that we mourn that exposes if our inner foundation is built on the rock of Christ or not. It's the way that we mourn that shows if the kingdom is within us or not. If we believe that the death of our spouse or the death of a loved one is the end, that the grave has had the final word and not Christ, we've been deceived by Satan's lies. And that can make us think that we have no purpose, you know, or identity or that we can't be loved, you know, outside of us being joint with another human being. Like there's so many lies that Satan tries to um, infiltrate into our minds. But even when you think about our vows, I think I've said this before, like in our vows, we say till death do we part Christ. Is the only one that can keep that promise because in Christ death is a non-factor and so we can rely on Jesus to keep his promise that he will never leave us that he will never forsake us meaning that we are never alone but grief makes us feel like we are so I want to touch on three truths about death today. So truth number one, death is a spiritual issue. Truth number two, death is sleep for the Christian. And truth number three, death is an enemy. Okay, so one, truth number one, death is a spiritual issue. Said it before, Satan uses death to get us to point the finger at God. God, why did you take my loved one? Why did you take them? When you did, it was too soon. Why did you leave me here? And our list of why's go on and on. As long as we're pointing the finger at God and blaming him for the death of our spouse or our loved one, we will not draw near to him. We are not going to get close. And I'm saying intimately close to the person we feel is the cause of our pain, right? Instead of Satan being the enemy, God becomes the enemy. And that's exactly what Satan wants. He does not want us to draw near to God in our pain. It's only in Christ though, that we heal become intimate with God and understand the peace and purpose that's waiting for us on the other side of loss. And so the way that we navigate a season of grief and loss is deeply spiritual. It has everything to do with our relationship with God because grief is the thing that Satan uses as a tool to get us to turn our backs on God. Number two, for Christians, death is sleep. Death does not have the last word. And so, The Bible says multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Daniel 12, two, Revelation 14, three says, then I heard a voice from heaven say, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, they will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. And lastly, John eleven eleven. after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Now we know Lazarus died. He was in the tomb four days before Jesus got there. But look at how Jesus views death. Jesus says, our friend has fallen asleep and the kingdom of God, Death is truly sleep. In the kingdom of God, death is rest. And in order to not grieve the way the world does, like those who have no hope, we must see death the way our Lord does. And that that's a practical way to embrace the kingdom way seeing how Jesus views death and then adopting Jesus's view on the topic of death. And then lastly, truth number three, death is an enemy. Death is a thief. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the Bible says the last enemy Jesus is going to destroy is death itself. Death is an enemy that is diametrically opposed to the life God wants to give us. We can think about it in the garden, right? We were designed for eternal life. That's what God wanted wanted to, to give. Then, when we messed up, God found a way. For us to still live for eternity. So the will of God is life. The enemy, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy the loss of our spouses, the loss of our loved ones, or the loss of anything else. Fill in the blank. Loss robs us. But Jesus says, I have come To give them a rich and satisfying life. John 10, 10. I have come that they will have life and have it to the full. Even with the example of my son and us going to the party and us taking the picture. Satan tried to rob me. So one, I felt something. When he switched sides, I felt something. That's emotional then I had to step back and say okay what was it that I was feeling and at first I didn't know so even when I don't know what it is that I'm feeling if I can't pinpoint it in the moment that's an opportunity for me to go to God and say God I'm feeling this way emotional please reveal what it is the cause of my pain the cause of why i am feeling the way that i am and i could trust i can rely that the holy spirit because jesus is with me because jesus never leaves me never forsakes me because he is always with me i can trust that he's going to give me the answer he's going to bring to light what it is right the thing that i'm feeling then once i know then I can line that up because I already know Satan is trying to get me to believe something that is contrary to, to Christ opposite diametrically opposed. But then I can align what it is that I'm filling with the truth of God's word. Right? And so I'm seeing that when I don't use that process when I don't, when I feel a thing and I don't stop long enough to explore it, that that is when Satan gets in there and not even just explore it, but explore it by taking it to Christ and allowing him to reveal what's inside right? And sometimes I I can do that, still don't know. I'll go to sisters and be like, man, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. I would love your input, your advice, right? And God uses other people, not everybody, but God uses the spiritually mature to pour into me, to shed light right on my situation or my circumstance. But even that is a way that I fight against the lies of Satan. And so what did we cover today? We covered three truths about death. That death itself is a spiritual issue. That death for a Christian is really sleep. Death is an enemy but it is the last enemy that will be destroyed by our Lord and Savior, Savior Jesus Christ. And so embracing the kingdom way simply means seeking God's way of doing things, especially when it comes to grief and loss. One thing that I highlighted was how Jesus views death. Jesus himself views death as sleep. So a way for us to embrace the kingdom way, is to also view death as sleep the same way that Jesus does. Grief is spiritual, and how we view grief and loss undoubtedly affects our relationship with God. We will not draw near to the cause of our pain in an intimate way, and that's exactly what Satan wants. He wants us to blame and point the finger at God so that we never draw close to him for healing and comfort. And so I'm going to read the scripture again, uh, first Thessalonians, and it says again, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. There will be no death, no crying, no pain in heaven. Like we have the hope of heaven, right? Death is going to be destroyed. We will live forever. And for those of us that have, that had spouses and loved ones that died in the faith, we will live forever with them and with God. Like we have hope. And so I hope this encourages you. That is the end of my talk today. I do have a couple of announcements. So the first one is Brunch for the Brokenhearted happening on October 7th in Carson, California. I am excited to be your host for this event. And it promises to be an inspirational time for anyone grieving a heartbreaking loss. There is of course going to be a brunch buffet. There will be Christian expert panelists, amazing entertainment. I can't even, I can't articulate the entertainment and the gifts (laughs) that's coming to this event. There will be prizes and giveaways and just so much more. So I will put the link to register in the show notes, Um, but it would not be without our sponsors. And today I am honored to highlight Damsel in Defense and Damsel mentor, Vicki Jackson. The mission of Damsel in Defense is to equip, empower, and educate women to protect themselves and their families damsel safety educators are not only arming others but also offering empowerment and healing to those affected by assault one by one they are changing statistics and making a difference in the lives of those who have been assaulted as they continue to grow their hearts and eyes are wide open for where god will take them next i love that Damsel in Defense is a place of purpose for those passionate about prevention and the protection of people and their hearts. Information on how to get in touch with Vicki and the Damsel in Defense organization will be in the show notes. And I have personally attended a Damsel in Defense presentation, and I must say they are enlightening. Uh, their products are innovative. It's, it's a fun time, but those presentations are designed to educate us, empower us on how to fight off an attacker in today's time and in various situations. It it truly is an eye opener. So please check out Ms. Vicky with Damsel in Defense, and thank you, Vicky, for being a valued sponsor for Brunch for the Brokenhearted. And lastly, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Widow I Go From Here podcast. And until the next time, folks, bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it, rate it, and write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. You can also leave me a personal message. There's a button that says message, and it will allow you to leave me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. Episodes are released on the first Wednesday of every month. To check out what I'm up to, please visit me at widowigofromhere.com. And until the next time, bye for now.